Next on BYU Sports Nation, what happened last Saturday? Is the BYU football offense broken, or was the Northern Illinois defense just that good? What does Kalani Satake mean when he says the offense needs to be more aggressive? Plus, it's another Maddich Monday, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the wheel of blame for Saturday's loss. But it's not all bad, Jerem. Multiple championships happened elsewhere. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, or just Monday, October 29th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with American League baseball fan, Jerem Jordan. (laughs) American League? I'm only a fan of a team in the American League. But if it can't be the Mariners, it might as well be the American League, right? I don't care. No. <laughs> I, have a, I have a couple friends who are Dodgers fans, one in particular, going through a, just a hard time right now. Two years in a row, losing at home in the World Series. Yeah, one of my close friends, Adrian Huerta, shout out to Adrian. He is the dugout photographer for Time Warner Cable Sportsnet in Los Angeles with the Dodgers. And he sent out one tweet last night that just said, not again, frowny face. It's tough since 1988. Honestly, I didn't have a horse in the race. I just want those type of series to go seven games. Yeah. Last year was fun watching a game seven. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. The American League. And, and the year before that. And the Boston Red Sox. Do it again. Four championships in 14 years after an 86-year drought. Well, that, that fan base, you know, they just haven't won many championships recently. So it's good to see that Boston finally get one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, congratulations Fine, to the you, Boston you sports You finally fans. got one. Congratulations. Woo. It's been a long, rough and it, go. And they don't really care about sports either. That's the weird thing. Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, Red Sox. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Go congratulations. Mariners. Go Mariners. One of two teams that have never been to the World Series. <sighs> Brutal. Yeah. I'm pulling. Oh. Well, it's that kind of day. It's that kind of Monday. If it can't be my Orioles, yikes. Might as well be the Mariners. A loaded, emotional, passionate show lineup today. I guarantee you that featuring the likes of ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Where in the world does BYU go from here? Are they in danger of missing a bowl game? We'll discuss. Plus, BYU soccer takes down number six. They're headed back to the NCAA tournament. The lone senior on the Cougars team, Maddie Sidaway-Gates, will join us in Studio B in about 40 minutes. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Maybe you heard BYU football drops to 4-4 this season after a 7-6 loss to Northern Illinois. I saw a tweet joking that who knew the World Series game would produce more offense than the BYU-Northern Illinois game. Boston scored 9 and uh, BYU scored (laughs) 6. BYU gave up just 204 yards of total offense, 3.6 yards per play, and lost. How? Kalani Satake offered this about the loss, specific to the lack of BYU offense. I can look at the score and see it's 7-6. <laughs> Got to get more production from our offense and um, be more aggressive, you know, and establish our identity. I talked about having our, using our identity and what we are and, and uh, went away from that today. What does being more aggressive mean? And what will that potentially look like when the Cougars play at high-scoring Boise State, who just scored 48 in a win, this Saturday night? 
Cougars in the NFL had a great weekend. Packers running back Jamal Williams scored his first touchdown run of the season against the Rams, although if Jimmy Graham had scored the touchdown, that would have helped my fantasy team. Saints utility man Taysom Hill had 44 passing yards, a five-yard catch, three rushes, and two kick returns for 50 yards. And Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots play in Buffalo tonight. BYU women's soccer upset sixth-ranked Santa Clara 2-0 to claim the WCC regular season championship and the corresponding automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. That's six titles in seven years. BYU finishes up the regular season at Loyola Marymount on Saturday. And Sabrina Davis, the goalkeeper, was just named West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Well deserved. She was outstanding against the Broncos. Saved a PK in the game. Awesome. Both the number two men's cross-country team and the number nine women's team won the West Coast Conference Championships in Provo Saturday. This is the fourth straight title for the men. Erica Burke Jarvis won the individual women's title. So after today, if BYU women's soccer gets ranked, and I think they will, that would make soccer, volleyball, both cross-country teams, men's golf, all ranked in the top 25. Five teams. And we'll tell you in men's golf what Peter Quest did, which uh, was unbelievable over the weekend. Didn't even make the headlines. It It was a loaded day. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. I hate so much about what I'm about to say. BYU football, for a second consecutive season, will not finish with a winning record at home. Three and three at best, Woof. assuming the Cougars beat a really bad New Mexico State team. This became a reality after Saturday's 7-6 to six in a word, frustrating loss to Northern Illinois. We knew the Huskies had a really good defense. We told you about it all week. We also told you about their sucky offense. On rush defense, yes. And we told you about their lethargic, boring, unsuccessful offense. We thought BYU's offense could score at least one touchdown at home. That didn't happen. So now the question is, Jerem, was Saturday's result more about BYU's offense or was it more about the Northern Illinois defense? BYU offense, look. Let's zoom out for a moment. BYU has a freshman quarterback and start to a first-year OC and is playing a bunch of freshmen, six on offense at times. Are we expecting too much out of the offense? Maybe. No! It's not too much to ask for a single touchdown from the offense at home against everybody in the country but Alabama and Clemson. Scoring two field goals at home against everybody but those two is inept offense. 301 yards, four and a half a play, 315 on third down. Those are not winning numbers. They still outgained the Huskies by almost 100 yards. NIU's defense played really well, but a play here or there changes everything. Let me tell you the sequence that cost BYU the game on offense. The moment after the Zach Wilson awesome hurdle and shove in the air, which to me was the play of the year for BYU. Here, here it is. We're looking at it. Boom! That was awesome. After that, it's first and goal of the five. Back-to-back false start penalty. Oh, Kills the drive. BYU kicks a field goal. See ya. Even then, BYU had chances to come back and win this game. Just really disappointing. I know that BYU is young. I know there's a first year. And some people are like, oh, a 51-yard field goal would have won the game. Should have never come to that. Right. And even then, that was going to be a 47-yarder. But Zach Wilson takes a sack. So then it's a 51-yarder. So, Youth. Yeah. It's not too much to expect a single touchdown at home, though. Ay, ay, ay. I said that. This was the scariest game on the schedule way back in the summer. Yeah. It turns out that it is the scariest game on the schedule because of yeah. BYU's six points on offense. So not exactly what I thought it would be in yeah. relation to fear. Now you won. Now you won. But it turned out to be that way. The discipline and defense of Northern Illinois was enough. Amazingly. Seven points. 
204 yards of total offense, and they win in Provo. I can't believe it. Yes, this is more about the BYU offense. The penalties crushed BYU's hopes when they finally got into the red zone onto the five-yard line. The crowd was finally in the game. Like, I looked around and thought, wow, it's loud for the first time today. Hallelujah. It was not a big crowd either. Hallelujah, it's loud, finally. BYU might score a touchdown here. Penalty. Penalty. Now it's first and 15. They get down to the four-yard line, but now you got to kick a field goal. And also, Northern Illinois' touchdown was aided by penalties. Opening kickoff in the second half, out of bounds. Huskies get the ball on the 40-yard line. Are you kidding me? Defensive holding in the red zone. First down, Northern Illinois. Unlike the four-yard line or whatever it was. Penalty aided win for the Huskies. Brutal. The offensive performance Saturday wasn't an anomaly, unfortunately. The Cougars' offense struggled through six games, thus to change a quarterback the last two. The Hawaii game was an offensive outlier at this point. Currently, BYU's bottom 30 in the country in points, yards, yards per play, pass yards, and rush yards. Spencer, what's wrong with the BYU offense? They're young, they're banged up, and they're not dynamic enough. It worked early, this methodical approach of okay, we're going to run the ball at you. We feel like uh, we can – and nobody knew anything about BYU. Where it's like, what offense are they going to run? I don't know. They got a new offensive right. coordinator. It worked early. Now there's plenty of tape on BYU. Why did it work early and it's not working now? That's, because that's the question. It, it, the more tape you get on a team, the, the easier it is to scheme for that. Well, can't you adjust? So you have to stay the same? You don't. What I'm saying is I'm not seeing BYU adjust that much in terms of taking chances and trying to be explosive. The intermediate pass game, the short pass game, yeah, it's there. BYU was – I never thought they were going to be able to run. I don't think the intermediate pass game is really there. With the tight end it is, but maybe not outside of that. Like three catches? No, it's – Okay, Dallin Holker. Okay, so five five catches. Yeah. Okay, sweet. It's not enough. BYU doesn't have enough playmakers on offense. That's the issue to me. And and this this how BYU, much of that is based on youth? Well, isn't there a 500 yard receiver from Hawaii on the squad? They didn't even throw the ball to him. How can he make a play if they don't throw the ball to him? Here's the answer to me: If BYU can't run the ball, it doesn't win. It's very simple. BYU's 0-4 when rushing for fewer than 100. But we knew that they weren't going to be able to run the run. ball against Northern Illinois. We figured, like, that's a really good run defense. Why can't BYU run the ball? You ran the ball down Wisconsin's throw. Why can't you do it against NIE? Northern Illinois has a better rush the defense pass than Wisconsin. O- the pass offense isn't there either right now. Who are the playmakers? Like I said, we're eight games in. The leading rusher has 366 yards. The leading receiver has 270. There are not enough playmakers on this team. BYU has one player with two touchdown catches. It's going to Romney. Dylan Colley has nine catches for 78 yards. He wasn't targeted on Not last week for the season. Like, this guy is a good player, and he's not getting the ball. Um, Like I said, I realize it's a first-year OC, a bunch of freshmen, freshman quarterback. Maybe we've overplayed a lot of this team. You know, is losing Moroni Laulu Pujital a bigger deal than we've anticipated? Was Squally Canada's, were his injuries and being out, was that a bigger deal? I feel like BYU has enough weapons, but for some reason, like we heard from Kalani Satake, BYU has not let it loose. And here's what Kalani Satake said about Zach Wilson, hoping to see more from him after the game. Well, I thought he did some good things. You know, I, I um, love his athleticism, his ability to make a play, and he prepares really well. I know he's taking it really hard right now, this loss. I believe in him. I believe in a lot of our players and, and what they do. And uh, when I talk about being aggressive, let the kid go. You know, let him do his thing. And so um, that's, that's what I look forward to seeing him making big plays and doing some good things for us. 
I'm hearing two different things from Kalani Sataki. One is the identity. He wants BYU to maintain its identity, which he has stated is a tough physical run, run game. But then he wants Zach to let it loose. Those are two different ideas. So I'm not sure what, where to go with that. I will right? say this in like, defense of the 37 rushes. Zach Wilson was sacked five times. Those automatically go as rushes. Right. Those were intended to be passes. <laughs> but BYU couldn't find anybody on the field. Or maybe that's youth and Zach just getting used to the speed of the game. I don't know. Against a really good defensive line. I don't know. I mean, there there is a lot of finger-pointing happening. I don't know that most of it is fair. Where where does it need what, to go? What is fair? Then? Where does it need to go? What's fair? What does it need to what does it need what needs to happen to change all of this? BYU again, like last season, is in mid-season trying to figure a lot of these things out. 4 and 4 going to Boise State. And that, my friends, takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. We mentioned that for a second season in a row, BYU will not finish with a winning record at home. How about this? For a second season in a row, BYU has not scored a touchdown in a home game. Cougar scored six, two field goals against Wisconsin. And the same scenario happened against the Huskies of Northern Illinois last Saturday. It's tough. Uh, Top 10 Wisconsin at home is one thing. Uh, Northern Illinois in Provo is another. Unacceptable to lose that game the way it was lost. Okay, let's push it forward a little bit. BYU, four wins, four losses. They're at Boise State. They will follow that up with a road trip to UMass, hashtag beat UMass, in Boston, and then a home game. When's the parade? Maybe you can go. Senior night against New Mexico State, and, of course, the finale against 16th-ranked Utah right now. Utah State's 18th, by the way. And Virginia 23rd. How about that? Jerem, with what I just laid out remaining on the schedule, is BYU in danger of not going to a bowl game? No. BYU's going to a bowl game still. Let me tell you why. Uh, BYU will beat a bad UMass team next yeah. week. Okay? Okay. UMass won 40 in Sagarin ratings. They're 130 FPS teams. That means they're better FCS teams than UMass. Okay? Uh, ESPN FPI, 71%. Oh, the numbers! Are- UMass is bad. Okay? BYU is 74 Listen, BYU's 4-4. Four four. This is still a team with two Power 5 wins. They're going to beat UMass on the road. New Mexico State is even worse. 168. <laughs> They're so bad. FBI win chance, 94%. BYU will win those two games. At the current time, based on the way BYU's playing, I do not see how BYU's going to go and beat Boise State or Utah at the moment. I got some new blue goggles on Saturday. Those aren't blue at all. Those are not blue? Oh, now I see that. Those are blue shades, yeah. okay? The frames are made out of bamboo. Nice. These are my relax blue goggles. In regard to the bowl game, it's going to be okay. BYU will go to a bowl game, okay? You're right. They'll beat UMass. Is going to a bowl game the They'll okay, beat New Mexico though. State. Yeah. yeah, man, relax. After a 4-9 and season, getting back to a bowl game, it's a step in the right direction. With a Do not tell me to relax after BYU doesn't score a touchdown at home against a group of five teams. The bamboo. That isn't ranked. The relaxed style. <laughs> it's going to be okay. BYU's going to go to a bowl If we game. had rights to play Bob Marley right now, we would. <laughs> Buffalo Soldier. Yeah. 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 Yes, I think BYU's going to go to a bowl game. Don't worry about that. What's frustrating is when you beat like two power fives. I like those goggles fives, better than all the other ones we have. When you beat two power fives in the opening four weeks of the season, then expectations shift. So they it has should. been a very, very disappointing turn with BYU losing 
three of the next four after being ranked as high as number 20 in the country. Yeah. Expectations should change. That, that's what's frustrating about this is the ebbs and flows of a season now have BYU in a low at 4-4. Four and Because four. a lot of people are like, hey, well, a lot of us thought that BYU would be 4-4 four and four at this juncture of the season. But did you think that the 4-4 four and four would include wins at Arizona and at Wisconsin and losses at home against Northern Illinois, Utah State? Oh, Utah State's legit. I, I'm, I'm able to accept that one a little more now because oh, they're ranked no, they're, 18th. They're 7 they go, and hey, they're, they're just one way of the better. offenses in the country. They're just way better. They have playmakers on offense all over the field. Yeah. I can't be talking like I this. I like those go- on. No, just is keep them on, dude. Relax. No, just keep them on, dude. It's going to be okay. BYU's going to go to a bowl game. That is the exact yeah. opposite message that people want yeah. today. Oh, I know. That's why I'm taking them <laughs> off. And that's why you we keep my Hey, I, I kind of like those. Just in regard, just in regard to. Missing a bowl game. Ooh, I like. Oh wow! See, don't you feel better? Wow! Don't you feel better right now? I don't really see 2018 through these goggles, though. I see next year. <laughs> <laughs> don't you feel better, man? Oh wow! The Frisco Bowl. Yeah, it's Bowling go. Green. Hey, hey, chance at seven wins. Let's go. Hey, seven <laughs> wins. That's great. Our question of the day. Nobody. You answer it. Is BYU in danger of not going to a bowl game? This is the voice of the nation. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> this is. The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Where'd you get them? Um, I got them from uh, a friend on the sideline. I'll tell you uh, during okay. the break. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I'm wearing these the rest of the break. I like this. These are great. At Joe Brady 12 answers our Twitter question or our social media question rather on Twitter. Yes, BYU is in danger. Realistically, Boise State and Utah are losses in my book. BYU has to beat UMass and New Mexico State. And quite honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if BYU dropped one of them. I don't think they will, but I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I'll be surprised. Listen, they're on a different God. level. They're on a different level. They really yes, are. Come on. Yeah. Northern Illinois is a pretty good team other than their offense. Yeah. Like, they have good special teams, good defense, just bad offense. Coming up, the BYU offense stunk, and so did I in going for two. <laughs> a man who uh, will freshen things up a little bit. Trevor Maddich of ESPN. What about the wheel of blame? Who's to blame for what happened on Saturday? And does he think BYU's in danger of missing a bowl game? This is BYU Sports Nation. I blame Dennis Pitta personally. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Right after us at the top of the hour, Gregor Bell talks with BYU football coordinators on Coordinator's Corner. Today's guests are special teams coordinator Ed Lamb and defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. It's right after us at the top of the hour on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside the always entertaining Jerem Jordan. You can listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. If you want to watch the show, it's simple. Go to BYUSN.com for full episodes. Experience BYUSN whenever, wherever, and however you prefer. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is ESPN college football insider, expert, and 1984 national champion in college football, Trevor Maddich, back for another Maddich Monday. And Trevor, I wish we were under different pretenses than a 7-6 to loss by BYU to Northern Illinois, but here we are on Monday. What are your initial thoughts about really a head-scratcher of a game? Yeah, Spencer, that was, that was so good in some ways and so frustrating in other ways. And in some ways, 
it's kind of where BYU is right now, especially playing so many freshmen. I mean, they they did some good things on offense. Uh, they made mistakes on offense that cost them the game. And all the while, the defense was largely magnificent. So there's a lot to be excited about. You can see a positive future. But the present, in terms of this game, was pretty bad. Where do you start with the offensive issues, Trevor? It starts with making mistakes. So you create negative plays that the defense doesn't force. Some of those are uh, the unforced pre-snap penalties, and that drives the coaching staff, any coaching staff, crazy. BYU is just not good enough to overcome stuff like that. Alabama is. Alabama can have two consecutive false starts or pre-snap five-yard penalties down in the red zone and score the next play. But BYU is not good enough to do that against a good defense right now. So those kinds of things are frustrating. The other thing that's frustrating is that there are too many times when plays that were there were not made. You know, I get it that they're playing a lot of freshmen. I get it that Northern Illinois has a good defense. I understand those things. And I'm not being critical of those parts of it. But when there's a receiver that's open and you're looking at him, hit him. You know, when, when you've got the opportunity to, to at least block somebody, don't fall down. There are things that are, are easy in a football game, and you've got to take the easy things because most things are really hard. And in this game, BYU, I think, faltered on some of the easier plays that were there to be made, and that's really what kept them from being able to do just enough to get a win. The wheel of blame is always an interesting conversation, Trevor, and a lot of people are looking at BYU trying to establish a run against one of the nation's best rush defenses. It didn't work. Then you have Zach Wilson, who, per the passing numbers, was pretty good, but still no touchdowns to show for it. So where where does the wheel of blame fall in your reality on this BYU team not getting it done against Northern Illinois? Youth, I think. Uh, people want to point fingers at the offensive coaching staff for the play calling, for just what you said. You know, they were too conservative. They tried to run too much. But understand that you've got to, you've got to fight the fight you're in, not the one you wish you were in. And the fight they were in was basically an ugly defensive battle. So how do you win a game like that? Well, let's go back to where a lot of this offensive staff comes from, which is the SEC. And there you've got traditionally great defenses and you want to play to the strength of those defenses. That means in Alabama all those years, for example, Alabama would, you know, before Tua showed up and all of a sudden they'd become Oklahoma, you know, they, they would win on the strength of their defense. And so the job of the offense was don't blow it for the defense. Move the chains, kind of flip the field position a little bit, punt, give the defense a long field to defend. Then hopefully they'll get you back a short field at some point. They'll get a turnover or they'll get enough three and outs that the exchange of punts will put you in position to be able to score now on a short field, and you win a low-scoring game that way. Well, that's the game that BYU found themselves in against Northern Illinois. And the idea was to play to the strength of the defense, knowing that they would hold the score down on that side of the ball. And on offense, first priority was don't blow it. Don't give up a turnover, so now Northern Illinois has got a short field and an easy score. And hope the defense can get you a short field at some point. Now, unfortunately, the BYU defense wasn't able to generate a takeaway. And that's the one real failing you could say that they had. But overall, the style of the game and the way that the plays were called were to play to that strength rather than take what 
is not necessarily a weakness, but their their least uh, confident area, which is all that youth on offense, and try to to force things that weren't there. So I don't I don't mind the play calling. I understand why they did it the way they did, and the truth of it is, it put them in position to win. BYU has four games left in the regular season. Uh, I think uh, historically we would look at New Mexico State and UMass and say, hey, those are wins, and those teams are pretty bad this year. Do you feel like those are the BYU's good? They're going to win those two games and get bowl eligible, or do you question that at this point? Well, I, I question every game, always, because anything can happen. Anybody can, I mean, did you question that Purdue could blast Ohio State a couple weeks ago? Not necessarily because Ohio State's defense had been a little vulnerable, but you have said on the show, don't sleep on Idaho State. So we know the history. I mean, we saw Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech for crying out loud. Well, the biggest reason that you don't sleep on Idaho State is that they, you know, they're they're not comfortable. So that's why you don't sleep on Idaho State. (laughs) Uh, The, you know, UMass and New Mexico State, BYU should win both of those games. Now, will they? They've got to come and bring their A game, as always, because BYU is not Alabama. And so, I, I, you know, that those I would pencil in those wins at Utah to end the season. It's hard to imagine a path to winning that game if Utah brings their A game because Utah is playing lights out. Utah might win the Pac-12 this year. They are really playing well. And then at quarterback, Huntley is doing a phenomenal job, and he's really elevated that position over the last couple of weeks. So BYU could win that. It's a rivalry game, but I wouldn't pencil it in as a win just yet. That means Boise State. So what happens there? Well, that, that's a tough game at Boise. Boise's playing really well. They've got a veteran quarterback. They fully are, are capable of coming with their A game. They usually do. So what does that mean? BYU's got four wins. If they beat Boise State, that would be great. I'd be really happy about it. But UMass and New Mexico State will get them to six if they win those. Here's why six wins is important for BYU. It's not just, you know, elevating into a bowl after last year's debacle. It's because of the youth has been talked about so much, especially on the offensive side. You get another two weeks of bowl practice, and that, that's like another spring practice. So just for the development of those young guys for next season, making a bowl is a whole lot more than just getting a reward at the end of the season. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, when you look at the matchup between BYU and Boise State, the Broncos just put up 48 and went over Air Force. How does BYU, with an offense that is young and learning and is not high scoring, stay in a game like that on the Boise Blue? Well, I I agree with Kalani Sataki when he has said here publicly after this game they got to let it rip. It's a different kind of game than Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois' offense is really putrid. Uh, in a lot of ways, you know, it's it's just really bad. So you could expect the BYU defense to hold down the score at home against that offense and then try to win a close one. At Boise State, I don't think you can count on that because they are too good, especially when you start with their quarterback, Brett Rippon. They just, they just have too much that they can hit you with on offense, and you have to go into that game from a game-planning standpoint expecting to have to keep up in a higher scoring game. Well, you don't do that by playing conservative. Now you've got to kind of you got to let it rip like coach Sataki said. Can they do that? Yeah, they it's dangerous. They can let it rip and good things can happen and bad things can happen. It's like if you're if you're driving on a windy road where the speed limit is 30 miles per hour and you're going 95. That's exciting. It'll be fun, and it could end up in a in a, a train wreck in some way. So, um, you know, I think BYU has to take that risk in order to beat Boise State, though. 
College football playoff committee rankings come out Tuesday, but we don't really care about that. We just want your top four, Trevor. So who do you have in your top four right now? My top four are Alabama at number one with Clemson as a close number two. Clemson, my goodness, their true freshman quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, he's ahead of schedule in terms of learning the art of quarterbacking. I mean, we always knew the guy had a great arm, but a great arm is only interesting if you're standing in a field in shorts throwing through a tire. You know, a quarterback has to manage situations under pressure, and he's been really improving in that that vein, especially against the Blitz. I've got Notre Dame at number three. And number four is really tough for me right now. Uh, if, if I had to pick it, I would say number four would be LSU, although that probably is going to change here at the end of this week as Bama faces LSU. Georgia, I'm still a little worried about some things about their offense, and Michigan, same way. So number four to me is very, very fluid. Uh, Oklahoma could be my number four if their defense could just, you know, put any kind of a speed bump in front of anybody. But that four spot is kind of fluid. So right now it's Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and um, a cast of thousands at number four. Trevor, I know you like to speed, but let's take it down from 95 and a 30 to like, I don't know, 60 and a 30. Is that a fair compromise? That's fine. But to be fair to me, I only go 95 in a 95. <laughs> My man. Very good. Hey, great stuff, Trevor. We appreciate the time as always. I appreciate it. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. And, yes, there is much irony in that speed discussion that I just had with Trevor Maddich. For another time. <laughs> uh, no, BYU is going to beat UMass in New Mexico State. The, the whole, like, well, anything could happen. Right. Get out of here. Come on. All right. It's going to be all right. They're going to win two games. Come on. I love They're Trevor, go but he's winning those games. Yeah, go to a if bowl they don't game. win those games, Spencer will shave his head. <laughs> Coming up, women's soccer upsets number six Santa Clara Saturday on senior day for the conference title. Maddie Sidaway Gates joins us. They're going back to the dance, baby. Uh, yeah, that's six titles in seven years. They're not the only championship on a championship Saturday, Jerem. That's all coming up later in the show. This is BYU Sports Nation. You. Yeah. Tuesdays at 8 Eastern, watch or listen to BYU football with Kalani Satake. As host Gregor Bell chats with Satake this week, Corbin Kafusi and tight ends coach Steve Clark. It's Tuesday night, 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. We roll on this Monday with today's BYUSN headlines. BYU football drops to 4-4 four and four this season after a 7-6 loss to Northern Illinois. Cougars gave up only 204 yards of total offense. That's 3.6 yards per play, to be exact, and lost. Now BYU plays at high-scoring Boise State on Saturday night. Cougars in the NFL had a great weekend. Packers running back Jamal Williams scored his first touchdown run of the season against the Rams. Saints utility man Taysom Hill, 44 passing yards, 5-yard catch, 3 rushes, 2 kick returns for Fitty. Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots play in Buffalo tonight, and Fred Warner, 7 tackles and a fumble recovery. From week to week, it really is fun to see what will Taysom Hill do next. Yeah, we should have like uh, a wheel and just spin it and be like, the wheel oh, of, kick return. And he had 50 yards. The wheel of Taysom Hill. Yeah. BYU women's the Taysom so- will. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> will. BYU women's soccer upset sixth-ranked Santa Clara 2-0 and by doing so claimed the West Coast Conference regular season championship yeah. and the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament six titles in seven years. BYU will finish out the regular season at Loyola Marymount this Saturday. Both the number two men's cross-country team and the number nine women's team won the West Coast Conference championships in Provo Saturday at East Bay Golf Course. This is the fourth straight title for the men. Erica Burke-Jarvis won the individual women's title. 
again, we brought this up earlier on, but assuming BYU women's soccer gets ranked, and I think they will, that makes women's soccer, women's volleyball, men's and women's cross country, and men's golf all ranked in the top 25. Well, ain't that a thing. Yeah. How about that? You know what? I also noticed, Jerem, that going for two is not nearly as fun after a BYU loss. No. (laughs) But we're going to do it anyway. Can you predict the future? These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, just to uh, give you a heads up, going into the weekend, I held a two-and-a-half point lead over Jerem, eight to five-and-a-half. You can win as many as two points. Each pick is worth one point. So did Jerem make up any ground? Let's revisit your picks. The answer is no. My first pick, first to 24 wins. What I meant was first to score. (laughs) Uh, No, I didn't get that one. Nothing? Number two, BYU will pass for 230-plus. I thought you had this one, man. BYU, BYU passed for two. They were at 208 when they got the ball back, and if Zach Wilson doesn't throw that interception and it finds the arms of a BYU receiver, you probably get that one. Yeah, but I didn't. Ugh. 0 for 2 for me. All right, I said BYU will score first, and they did so in the first quarter. This was a good sign to me. Like, oh, okay, they're a pretty good defense. BYU scored points in the first quarter. Yeah, BYU's doing some good things. I didn't think that they would only score three more points to finish off the game. Yeah. So while that was right, yay, I said that because I thought if BYU scored first, they would win. That did not happen. And I also said BYU will have more quarterback sacks than Northern Illinois. <laughs> Northern Illinois had five. BYU gave up a five, high five sacks. Previous BYU time. had just two. Which means our updated standings now after our going for two picks are I have nine points, Jerem. Still at five and a half. I suck. There's a maximum total of 18 <laughs> points thus far if you had every pick right. So I'm at 500. And, Jeremy, you're roughly like 300, which in baseball is a fantastic percentage. Would it be 18 or 16? Because there have been oh, eight, 16. eight games. Oh, is it 16? Yeah, it's just 16. Yeah, that's right. So that's it's right. even fewer. Yeah. yeah. So you have a better percentage, though. Hey. No, my percentage still stinks. Let's Moral just, victory. Let's, let's call a pig a pig, okay? Now, I am fascinated by what we're about to tell you and bring up as we take a look at all of BYU's opponents and what they did over the weekend. Roll some music for this. Yeah. Starting with Boise State, BYU's next opponent. The Broncos quarterback, Brett Rippon, threw, I don't know, five touchdown passes and a 48-38 win over the Air Force Academy. Boise State, for the first time ever, won at Air Force. They're now 6-2 and two on the season, going home to the blue. UMass moves to 3-6 and six on the season after beating UConn 22-17. The Minutemen play Liberty next. That is a patriotic matchup. Yeah, yes it is. <laughs> New Mexico State, 2-7 and seven on the season after coming up a touchdown short against Texas State 27-20. They're bad. That's a guaranteed win for BYU on senior day. Utah beat Spencer's second least favorite team, Woo. UCLA. Eight clap that, 41-10. Utah 6 and Utah 6-2 and two, and number 16 in the AP poll. They look really good. Yeah, when UCLA went up 7 to nothing, I was like, hey, enjoy the lead for about five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and how about BYU's opponents that they have already played? Khalil Tate in Arizona. Khalil Tate back from injury. Destroyed Oregon 44-15. The Ducks were ranked 19th. Tate threw three touchdowns in his return. Wow. That's what he could do. Okay, Cal and Washington, they played each other. The Golden Bears upset the 15th-ranked Huskies, 12-10 in Berkeley. 
Cal's only touchdown came on a pick six. Uh, Cal moves to five and three. Washington six and three and drops out of the top twenty-five. So you're telling me right now that Utah State is better than Wisconsin, Oregon, and Washington? Wow! How about that? That's what the pollsters say. Saborg. The Wisconsin Badgers out of the top twenty-five after losing to Northwestern thirty-one seventeen. Alex Hornerbrook was in. Uh, concussion protocol for that game. So the Wisconsin Bad, <clears throat> excuse me, Badgers were not at full strength, but still, they're five and three on the season. McNeese State beat Central Arkansas and are in first place in the conference at six and two. They had a fourth quarter field goal to get the win. Then there's Utah State. They led fifty-two to five at halftime against five? New Mexico. That's fun. Fifty-two points and a half. Jordan Love threw for 448 yards and four touchdowns while running for another. I think he sat on the bench after halftime. He did all of that in the first half. That's old school. Unbelievable. The Aggies are now 7-1, ranked number 18 in the latest AP Top 25. Wow. What is happening in Logan? Do you remember how Hawaii used to be good at football? Mm -hmm. Uh, The Rainbow Warriors have lost three straight. Remember, they're 6-1. Now they're 6-4. They lost by 30 to Fresno State. Fresno State also ranked. Fresno also ranked. Hey, the group of five representing. Remember when BYU was in a group of five? <laughs> Top five. I don't. Chief. <laughs> been eight years. Oh, the top five G5, man. Let's go. The top five. We used to do a power poll called the, in 2014, we did the top five non-P5. Yeah. Because BYU was in it, and then BYU dropped out, and we're like, just quietly didn't do it anymore. <laughs> and then one guy came up to me in the Smithfield and said, BYU is in a power five. I go, what power five are they in? <laughs> Where's the money coming from? I would love for BYU five. to be in a power five. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yes, please. That'd be awesome. Those are your opponents and the recaps from over the weekend. Strange weekend in college football. Coming up, what did Taysom Hill do this week for the Saints? It's in the whip round. And in the, headline. the lone senior from BYU women's soccer, Maddie yeah. Gates, is in Studio B. What a way to go out in your final home contest. Or is it the final home contest oh. for BYU? Nice tease, but I don't think so. This is BYU's <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday nights on BYU TV, break down Cougar football physically and emotionally with Dave McCann, <laughs> Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and David Nixon on After Further Review. It's Tuesday nights at 7 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Let the tears flow freely. Yeah, I'm going to have a breakdown. Yeah. Welcome back to BYU <laughs> Sports Nation with our question Score of the touchdown! day. touchdown! You can join the conversation 24-7 social media on Using the hashtag BYUSN, is BYU in danger of not going to a bowl game? At Coco.Nut7 answers on Instagram. A bowl game is still doable, but we need to see better game planning by the coaches and more focus from the offense. Let Zach Wilson air it out more and no pre-snap penalties. Listen, if BYU doesn't air it out and they just don't have the pre-snap penalties, BYU wins that game and it's a different story. It's a different feeling. Unfortunately, two false starts really cost BYU on first and goal at the five. Are you confident that BYU from the five-yard line with four downs could yes. have scored a touchdown yes. against Northern Illinois? I'm quite confident. Yes, I am too. Yes. Oh, it hurts. It just hurts. So let's take that bad feeling away and bring in a championship feeling yes. with Maddie Sidaway gates from BYU Women's Soccer, who just took down the sixth-ranked team in the country, Santa Clara, 2-0. Maddie, congratulations, up, first Maddie? and foremost, Congrats. on winning the title. Thank you. Sixth in seven years. You've 
grown accustomed to this. You've been around for a lot of this. <laughs> yes, it felt it felt good after last year to get it back again for sure. And on senior night for you. Yes. Oh man, super fun. There's one senior, and it's you. Yes. Uh, what was that like, Saturday? <laughs> um, exciting. My team's awesome. Um, great coaches. Awesome to have support from my family and everyone there. It was a fun night, and if it happens to be our last game at Southfield, it was a definitely a good one to go out on. From the time that BYU lost to Pepperdine in Malibu, there mm-hmm. was an understanding within the team and within the coaching staff, really within the fan base, that you got to win every game if you want to get back to the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. uh, including Santa Clara, and, and you did it. So now, technically, you could lose to Loyola Marymount. I don't think you will, but you put yourself in position. How did you handle that pressure and do this? I just think the biggest thing, like every game um, in conference play, we've said before the game, like, this is for a conference championship. And so when the Santa Clara... Santa Clara game came it wasn't like oh my gosh you know like I think every game we were we were really battling for that for that championship spot and so when that game came I think we were we were ready mentally for Santa Clara when did you know you were going to win the game at what point in the game (laughs) um when we got that second goal it felt really good but 2-0 is a scary score in soccer so you just you just never know the last five minutes I think we're like okay we 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 really got this and so but not till the last whistle blew it was like dang like we did it you know I think BYU fans needed that too after the football (laughs) game it was like oh that's really frustrating and then you guys kicked off at five which was Uh like 30 minutes or so after After the football game yeah and you had you had a pretty good crowd too so did you you kind of injected some life into the fan base. So I want to thank you. Yes, thank you, Maddie. <laughs> thank you, Cougar BYU Nation, soccer. for giving us something to cheer about a little more after we were kind of down. Yes, Appreciate for sure. it. <laughs> thank you. From the bottom of our collective hearts. <laughs> In the top. The whole something good. Cylinder. Something good. Um, I joked before we went to break that maybe this isn't the last home game for BYU women's mm-hmm. soccer. And I thought, and I, I even said this to Lauren McLean. The only way BYU would even be in the conversation is if they dominate Santa Clara, which you did now. So now I'm thinking maybe there's an outside shot. I don't know. What do you think about potentially hosting a home game in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think that would be awesome for sure. Um, I remember when we hosted against UVU, um, it's just great to be at home. We have great fans. We love playing on Southfield. So um, it'd be awesome if we got it, but we're ready ready to go if we have to go on the road for sure. And you hit the road for the regular season finale at LMU yep. Saturday night. Yep. Um, how do you avoid kind of a letdown after the real high against Santa Clara, right? Um, I think just we look at LMU, we're still focused. We we really need that win, I think, um, to to get in a good groove going into the tournament. Well, and if you want to have any shot to have a home yes. game, we gotta, bang, you yep. got to win that one. Yep, for sure. So, so we're definitely focused and ready for that game on Saturday. Let's talk about the difference between last year and this year. BYU women's soccer has been awesome forever, yeah. right? Seven, eight, and four last year, and then this year you're twelve, four, and one. What happened in the off season to change it, get it back to where it needs to be? I I think there's been um, lots of changes, changes from our coaching staff, players, um, our strength training, everything. I think um, has has been better this year. I think we've sat down and said, this is what we need to do to be better. This is what we want for next year. And I mean, that conversation happened in, you know, two weeks after our last game last season, because we were, we were ready to go right, right from there. And we made changes from the beginning and, and we've stuck to that and had awesome leaders on the team and, and great coaching this year. Maddie Sidaway Gates with us on BYU Sports Nation of the West Coast Conference champion 
BYU women's soccer team. That sounds good. Uh, doesn't I like it, though? That. I just, that's why I slowed down. It's just, it's just great. <laughs> Soak it in because we need it today. We need it. Um, which of the young stars on this team have impressed you the most? Because you've got a bunch that you're playing with. There has been so many. I don't, I don't even know where to start. We have a great freshman class that have come in and made a difference. Um, Olivia Wades came in and stepped into that um, holding mid position and been super solid for our team. Um, Kayla Coulihan, sophomore, played a lot last year. Um, she's awesome. I love to play with her. And even, you know, we have young girls coming off the bench too. McKaylee Moore's come in and had, you know, great stats. All and she does is score goals. Yeah, she comes in, does her job, and gets out. She's awesome. Um, so really, I don't know if there's just one specific player, but we, we got a great group of younger girls this year for sure. Let's give you the karma. This worked in an extreme way with Elise Flake. Did you hear about that? Did you hear what? about that? No. She came on the show, and then oh. the next game she scores the two goals. Heck yeah. Huh? That's good stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. This is a new flag. Uh, can we have you sign this one? You may yes. sign the old one. Sign the old um, one. Now you need to sign, sign the new this one. one. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Maddie Sidaway Gates. The champs are here. Of the ch- yes. You can write champs yeah. underneath your name if you want. Yeah, do, yeah, do it. <laughs> WCC champs. That's what's up. <laughs> nice. Sid. Yeah. Okay, we'll know. Sid the kid. Thanks a lot. Good luck Saturday. Yeah, thank you. Coming up, Saturday was great for everybody but football. Championships for everyone! Almost. In the Cougar Whip around. This is BYU Sports Station. Just about, dude. I know. Almost everyone won one. <laughs> Shout out to today's guests, Trevor Maddich of ESPN and Maddie Sidaway Gates of West Coast Conference champion BYU Women's Soccer. This sounds right. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time for you, so let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Cougars lose to Northern Illinois 7-6. BYU gave up just 204 yards of offense, 3.6 yards play, and lost. Uh, the Cougars play Boise State Saturday night, BYU 4-4. Four four. Here we go, Jerem. Latest bowl projections. SI.com and CBS have BYU in the we first responders bowl in Dallas on December 26th. SI has the Cougars facing North Texas while CBS projects Nevada as the foe. ESPN's Mitch Sherman has the Cougars in the New Mexico Bowl on December 15th against San Diego State, while his colleague Kyle Bonagura has them playing on December 22nd in the Birmingham Bowl against Memphis. Ooh, rematch with Memphis? I actually would I like the that. Birmingham Bowl. I wouldn't it's mind a, that. Listen, I'm going to be honest. We've typically gone to the bowl game. I haven't heard about this year. This is me plugging this publicly. It's all about location for us. <laughs> location, location, location. I don't even care who BYU plays. Cougars in the NFL. Packers running back Jamal Williams scored his first touchdown of the season against the Rams. Saints, Swiss Army Knife. Taysom Hill had 44 passing yards, five-yard catch, three rushes, and two kick returns for 50 yards. <laughs> Crazy. Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots play in Buffalo on Monday Night Football. Fred Warner had seven tackles and a fumble recovery in an 18-15 loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Soccer. BYU women's soccer. After beating sixth-ranked Santa Clara 2-0, claimed the West Coast Conference regular season championship automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. Sabrina Davis, the keeper, named the WCC Player of the Week during the show today. BYU will play at Loyola Marymount, final regular season game on Saturday. Cross country. Both the number two men and the number nine women's cross country teams won the West Coast Conference championships in Provo Saturday. This is the fourth straight title for the Ombres. Erica Burke-Jarvis won the individual women's title. 
Volleyball. Oh, by the way, number one, number one ranked BYU women's <laughs> volleyball remains perfect. 22 and 0. They are good gravy. In West Coast Conference play, they played 40 sets, Jerem. They've won 39. <laughs> this just in, that's really good. <laughs> They're going to stay at number one, folks. Golf. This was also awesome. Listen to this. Peter Quest tied the lowest three-round score in BYU golf history, and that's a storied history. Yeah, Peter. Going 16 under par in the Woo! Visit Stockton Pacific Invitational. Cougars took second place as a team. Wow. Man. 16 under. Thefting a win in Stockton. <laughs> <laughs> Swimming and diving. <laughs> Thank right, you. They fit right in. <laughs> Thieving. Thefting isn't a word, I don't think, but whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. BYU Swim and Dive finished with 27 top three placements at the Liberty Invite on Saturday. Congratulations to all the Cougars working hard. Today's Rise and Shout goes to every team but football. <laughs> every team but football had a great oh. weekend. I wanted football to win, too. I was so excited for BYU just to wreck havoc everywhere. And it was basically everything but football. So congratulations to uh, – uh, this was a great weekend for all the sports. Unfortunately, football couldn't come up with a win. Our question of the day, is BYU in danger of not going to a bowl game, not being in the first responders bowl or the Birmingham bowl or the New Mexico bowl? I'll take any bowl game. But if we can avoid Albuquerque, that'd be great. At TX Colonel <laughs> answers on Twitter, I'm confident that BYU football will go to a bowl game. But I will not be surprised if they beat Boise or Utah, then lose to UMass or New Mexico State. What? Come, Come on. on. Come on, dude. Come on. Ro- hash- I know. Hashtag that logic roller coaster, is but- so bad. Ow, that's- I, wow. I know they're inconsistent, but really? How do you beat Utah, but you lose to UMass or New Mexico no. State? Come on. No, 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 no. If BYU loses to Although- UMass or New Mexico State, they are not beating Utah. Oh, if, <laughs> if BYU loses to UMass or New Mexico State, just don't go to a bowl game even if you have six wins. You're like, we're so pathetic. We got to get, we're out. We're done. Season's over. At Brett Vietti 3 on Twitter is our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. He says, no. Saturday was a bad day. Six and six gets yes. it done. Cougars roll. Yes. Go, guys. Yes. Yeah. Go, guys. Let's go. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Congratulations to the Boston Red Sox on winning a World Leave them out of this. <laughs> oh, shout out to Larry Moore. I want that offensive line from 96, Jerem. Go Cougs. Coordinator's Corner is up next with Greg Rubel. Don't miss it.